0: You're, You're listening. listening. Hey. Oh, who does what part? I do this part. Okay. It's
1: not, it's not funny. Okay. This is a professional operation. I'm ready. You're listening, listening to the dollar. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my douchebag.
0: <laughs> Friend, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about.
1: Isn't it, isn't it great that you had no choice but to pick that up? <laughs> hey man,
0: I think I picked it up great. Whatever.
1: Like a, you accepted what you are.
0: I, I yes and strongly. Someone, someone the last podcast, people call me yes Anderson. Someone <laughs>
1: someone the last podcast is like, man, you guys are fighting a lot. Oh, I saw something. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think like if we have
0: beef in a hypothetical land of history, I don't think either one of us are like, like the, we hit stop and it's like, hey, dude, you're pretty rude about that sheriff. Kind of. I was rude about the sheriff. Dude, come on now. That guy was trying to clean up that town, asshole. Yeah, I know he was. That's what are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. Get out of this house. I'll fucking see you next week. (laughs) And I'm not going to read the date. Oh, my God. That sheriff was trying to clean
1: up the town.
0: God, do you want to little at a dude? I'll do one bum.
1: <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gara. Stay okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are there. Queen Fakie of Hate up town.
0: <laughs> All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No.
1: Nicely done, my friend. No. no. <laughs> First, 1948. Okay. John Gilski was born in Seattle. A friend from high school described him as an adrenaline junkie. He loved motorcycles, cars, airplanes, boats, anything that would go fast. Hell yeah. He's like you, bro. Yeah. Fast is good. He was a risk taker. When he was 16, he went to Long Beach riding motorcycles without telling his parents. Okay. So that's that's for, for 16 year oh, old. That's some fucking business. Yeah, right that's there. good stuff. Yeah. John ended up uh, as a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Okay. And upon getting out of the war, he went to work flying planes. Okay. Oh,
0: Nothing to see here, folks.
1: As a drug runner.
0: Okay. Something to see here, gang. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you made the smooth
1: transition. Smooth transition. Adrenaline. From Army pilot. To uh, likes to fly. Uh, you know. Cocaine. Uh, drugs. No, it's 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 marijuana. Oh, okay. Fly marijuana. I um, thought you said it was a drug. This this is the seventies, man. It's it the, was. That is a class one. Yeah. It's like you know serious fucking. By business. the way, class
0: one's a great strain out now. That is. <laughs> They probably have that of Anything they can rub In the face <laughs> Of government They are <laughs> You want to try Our de? You DEA want some screen? Anarchist cookbook
1: Try the screw true, Screw Obama it's Real good strain Purple <laughs> um, So on December 8th 1976 Gilski uh, Was in Las Vegas Between drug runs Okay With too much time On his hands He'd get caught up In his thoughts He called <laughs> his wife Pam Okay hey. Uh, from the hotel, she just had surgery on her feet. I uh, called uh, okay. her from the hotel and he told her he thought someone was trying to kill him. Okay. Hon, I can't get there. My feet. I know. I'd is... come help you, but again, I
0: just had. Having a wobbly. T- I'm having my, I had my foot surgery. Yeah, you know my foot. I could walk mine. on my hands to a bus.
1: Uh, so uh, he had found a damaged oil fitting on the left engine of his plane, and he did not believe it was from normal wear and tear. <coughs> okay. So, so something. he expects some shenanigans. Yeah, he's like something's wrong here. That you know, he's. A, I, I would trust a pilot on that one. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So he's on edge. All right. Now the DEA had been after John for years. Now he was like uh, some kind of phantom in their surveillance reports. They thought they'd have him one minute when they would see his plane from their planes, and then he would just vanish and be gone, and they couldn't forget where he went. So the he's white like a, whale. He is the white whale. Did I mention he weighs 480 pounds? Oh, my God. No, he doesn't. Oh, okay. He's. Uh, he...
0: We're going down. What do you think it is? Throw those potato chips out back. We have too much weight. John, it might be you.
1: Uh,
0: uh, All right, gentlemen, you're going to have to jump out of here. No All right Well we gotta lose weight somehow You jump Huh What the hell are you talking about I'm
1: the pilot We're going down After he hung up He mailed Pam a package They had a six year old daughter Okay Inside was a gift for her That night he went to a steakhouse And he bumped into an old army buddy Okay Like Like that's what happens in Vegas Yep um, they stayed together Drinking uh, late Into the evening Drinking expensive scotch Talking about their Old war days They had flown together Okay Back in the day Had a few close, a few close ones Sure You know what I'm talking about Yeah a couple of close calls mm, John had a good time But he was still disturbed By what he had found earlier Alright The next morning John, his flying partner Jeff Nelson, went to McCarran Airport and got into their twin engine Howard Five Hundred. Now he was
0: up getting hammered all night.
1: Yeah, this sounds like he partied till late in the evening, and then uh, and then went and got in, into an airplane. This is what uh, this is what you all, I this is a thing though. The pilots do this, or this is the thing that's bad. The thing that pilots do. Oh, I know there's a lot of drinking that happens. Yeah, they don't pay pilots enough. I saw that. Uh, I am pro pilot. Okay. No, I don't think...
0: Nobody's taking this stand.
1: Okay. All right. That's... Yeah. No, you're totally... This is your cause. Thank you. Uh, I've seen the Denzel Washington movie. and
0: That's all you uh, need to... That's, that documentary.
1: I think that that's what... May all, as well be a documentary. That's basically, in my mind, what all pilots are.
0: That's bingo. <laughs>
1: um, so, uh, they get in the plane. The plane carried 1,500 gallons of aviation fuel for long hauls. uh could go very, very high speeds. They took off, and they headed for Mexico. Okay. Crossed the border and landed on an airstrip in Baja California. Okay, that evening when it was dark, a crew loaded his plane with six thousand pounds of Mexican red hair marijuana. Wow! Now this is seventies, so this is you know, this is some good pot. It's
0: a good amount, this, too. And it's yeah. solid amount, solid amount. Yeah,
1: six thousand pounds. Do six thousand for...
0: pounds. It's more than I've ever purchased at once. Well, at once, at once,
1: yeah. Okay, fair. <laughs> Cumulative, cume. Uh... <laughs> Uh uh so he's uh he was flying for an American drug syndicate known as Amota Magic. Okay, sure. It's a cool name for Yeah. A drug syndicate. Yeah, that's great. They're Washington based, right? So they're out of the uh-huh. state of Washington. Um and so this is premium very potent weed. Okay. The weed was tightly packed in forty pound burlap bales. Some of the bales were marked free hole. Friol? Beans. Spanish word
0: for beans. beans. <laughs> That'll throw them off. Yeah. Well, uh, we've looked at all the crates, and they say beans. So our work here is done. it smells huh, very skunky and None here. of you guys... You guys get sprayed by a skunk or something? It's... Awful skunky. Skunk beans? What is the... Well, no. They, look. These oh, are just regular beans. Just regular these beans. are pinto.
1: So just says
0: beans. Just says beans. Looks like some weed in there, but... Says Beans. Alright, gentlemen. Get to good to chat. Have a good day.
1: Thanks. So they took off before dawn on December 9th and crossed back into U.S. airspace, where they flew just off the coast of California.
0: Halfway up. The, the state, nerves. Like whenever I watch Locked
1: Up Abroad, yeah, uh, like I you
0: I feel the anxiety of the yeah. human. Like it, it's it's a hard show to watch sometimes, especially because you know they're getting caught. But the anxiety level of a human mind when you are breaking the law always. so They're extensively. Always fucking freaked
1: out. They're yeah. always freaked out. But th- this guy wasn't. This guy had, like, ice in his veins, I think, because he was in NOM. Okay, sure. He had those Nam ice veins. I guess that's a thing. He's like the uh, the Iceman from a couple He's podcasts exactly ago. like the Iceman. Um, right, so, uh, halfway up the state, I... Uh, Turned off his running lights, and turned very sharply inland and flew so low that he dropped off the radar.
0: Okay, right. So that's below, like that's real low, right? A yeah, couple thousand he's like feet, close thousand to the, feet, yeah. something like
1: that. Uh, he flew across California's Central Valley and was at the Sierra Nevada mountain range in minutes. So wait, so he he is flying low with no lights on, right? At night, yeah.
0: Okay, it, near mountains,
1: yeah. What's well, So he has to go. There's a, there's a minor mountain range. Uh, and then you get into the valley, and then you hit the you hit the Sierras, which are serious mountains. Right.
0: The, so I think they up, should be called the Sierras Mountains.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what they I've used to be always, called. It, but it's,
0: I have a petition online for
1: them. Yeah. No, it's it's a terrible name, so they stopped calling it that. Right. They they are thinking about calling them Doug.
0: Right. I love it. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just easier. Yeah, the Dugs. Um, so. He's flying up the mountains, right? Very close to the ground. And then they crossed over into Yosemite National Park. And uh, they did not make it to their destination. Uh, So I hope you enjoyed that story. I'm not sure. Went, uh, is this an episodic one? Uh, so, Pam had a dream that night that John's body was hanging upside down in the whoa, cockpit.
0: Whoa, 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 buddy. Whoa. Hanging in the harness. Wait. Okay. What, what? was her
1: dream? That he, uh, his body is hanging upside down in the cockpit of his plane, which is not like crashed plane. Sure. And that he's hanging in the harness, uh, still alive. Okay. So, like. So you know, she sees so him upside seen, down in a plane. If you've seen the first episode of Lost. Right. I think it's like that situation. Yeah. Playing in a tree. What's great about that
0: show is the title was actually about the wrap up of the show and how the audience felt.
1: <laughs> Will Anderson just got mad at you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When he did not check in that night, Pam went. So she gets up the next morning, and goes uh-huh. to the DEA, and tells them everything about the dream. No. About. Oh, everything. She tells him everything. Oh,
0: jeez. Put the feelers out first before you blow the man up.
1: Well, he would have, if he got, if he, if, if he got there, he's, she'd know. If you disappear in a plane, you're down, right? Yeah,
0: but you go. Hey, he's given. You know, he was just talking about living this fantasy of transporting beans. <laughs> he always said the beans. The bean. He, he always said the beans means a lot to me. He, ca- he says, "I'm the bean man. I make he, the beans I'm go the, places. I'm the bean man. I get the beans where they need to go. Who gets the beans where they need to go? The bean the man. Bean man. <laughs> so anyway, the bean man's missing. <laughs> Yeah, at least give him, like, the buffer. <laughs> no, it wasn't beans at all. It was weed. Tell us the truth, lady. It was beans. Okay, he's the, he's the
1: frijole hombre. Frijole fiestas.
0: <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Oh, wow. Drop Sometimes that one. sputters. Yeah.
1: Um, so Pam, Pam thought that she just felt like he was still alive, and she just wanted them to look for him, even if they were going to catch him and put right. him in jail for a while. A right. long while. Yeah. So the DEA listened to her and then said absolutely nothing to her and told her to leave. So she charted a plane and went to search for John herself. Okay. Uh, they flew low over his route and landed at every airstrip that was on the way. And at the airstrips, she would go and talk to the shadiest characters she could find. Whoa. She's like... <laughs> <laughs> what? Because like the because it's a drug thing, so she's going up to just uh, like she just finds the creepiest guy. And she's but like, isn't that isn't
0: that a tactic if like he landed and you don't know where he is?
1: Yeah, but she doesn't know. She's trying. to Yeah, but to find she's out on, going out. on a premonition kind well, of right. No, she knows that he flew this route, so she's thinking maybe he. She, I guess her dream is that. He stopped and something happened, and he got. You cannot or let the character
0: know why you approached, sir. You look Hi. super shady. Um, yeah, I'm pretty shady. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Actually, uh, this gentleman over here is extremely no, no. shady. No no. No, 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 get out of. No, sir. no. I sell, I saw, uh, cocaine and heroin, and I've killed four people. This man has blood on him and an apron. I ha- I'm sorry, I have to put a pin Hey, in this. Can I help you? I've been butchering humans. Hey, how's it going? Hi. So my husband is he was. So sorry. I'm going to have to Uh, put a pin in this. This gentleman over here is super shady. What are you talking about? This guy who has a dent in his head and is smoking a cigarette through his nose while eating spaghetti. Uh, Sir, uh, my husband is missing. uh, Have you seen him? uh, Tell me, have you seen him? uh, uh. Okay, good uh, talk. Come on, guys. Fuel her up. We got to move.
1: I mean, that was some yes-handing right there. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> no one remembers seeing him at all, right? No one says anything. Well, yeah, But but he also, like, nobody's going to have seen
0: him. I, mean, I he know, flew but they also such... flew the route. Like, sure, I, I, the yeah, okay. I get yeah. you, I get you.
1: So, a lot of fun-seeking teens and people in their early 20s worked uh, at the famous Ahawani Hotel in Yosemite. A lot of what? Like, the young Te- people. Teenagers. Teenagers, teenagers were, okay. and all right. young people in their 20s. Sure. Join life. Waiters uh, lived in 12 by 12 heated canvas tents with other lower level park employees. They okay. ate cheaply at the cafeteria. They saved their money. Went on adventures in the off season. Uh, come January, Ron Likens and another worker headed out. Right, okay. So it's time to take a little... It's January. They're shutting down the park. Sure. Because of snow. It snows there. Right. Uh, so... Their plan was to meet up with two other friends on a trail and snowshoe out into the Yosemite backcountry.
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: hmm. Feels well, like worlds might to be colliding, colliding David. I might just have, no, I might just be telling a different story it's a now. Weird gear shift. It's a pivot. They. Uh, so it's pretty much a guarantee that you're just going to be fucking alone out there. That's that's what it's like in January, right? Yes.
0: So not sn- fucking alone, alone. Right. Right. And fucking with well,
1: snowfall.
0: That's, in, that's called masturbating.
1: Okay. Unless you're with, a, uh, uh, like, a buddy. Keep going with the story. The snowfall in 1977 had been light due to a drought, so there wasn't as much snow as normal, right? just okay. so just a light amount of snow. Sure. Uh, they drove up and parked their car at the point where the snow plows had stopped removing snow from the roads, put on their snowshoes, and set out. Okay. They made a straight path up the mountainside and were about eight miles along when they found themselves looking down upon a Lower Merced Pass Lake. It was a 6-acre lake up in the mountain. Ron saw something that didn't look right. Okay, it looked like a bridge between two trees. So he walked over to it, and when he was underneath, he realized he was looking at an airplane wing. Hydraulic oil was still dripping down out of the wing, and there was no other debris or any other sign of wreckage in sight, just the wing. How, how how far after the... This is a month later. Okay, wow, okay. So it's getting dark, so they set up a camp, and then the next morning, uh, their two friends we were supposed to meet them, uh, who followed their little snow tracks up, That came up and met them at the camp, and those guys were on acid. <laughs> <And they>
0: got- <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Uh- Wait. Wait. Yep. Two dudes on acid just showed up to meet them and they're
1: going to see a plane crash. Well they they there's a wing.
0: Yeah, okay. See anything still, else. This it this it's not a great this thing This is for, not great it's news. Not great when you're out. Wait, what? Oh man. Uh, so wait, wait, wait. The rest of the plane's probably right near here. Chad, settle down. Oh man. We got to eat the snow, man. We got to eat all this snow.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But that yeah,
0: those two horrible. dudes, say, talk about two different pages. Oh. Those two dudes are like, hey, man, I'm worried about... I'm fucking freaking out, too. Guys, it's going to be fine. Now they're talking about us weird. They probably
1: crashed the plane. Oh, my God, dude. This probably goes all the way to the top. So um, they, uh, so those guys climbed to a higher elevation, and Ron went back down to the Ranger station. Uh, he hiked back down on his own. Okay, not on acid because they couldn't hike with the other guys. Yeah, they were on acid. Hey,
0: uh, we got to go talk to authorities. Um, <laughs> we'll make the fire.
1: <laughs> so he got uh, to the ranger station in the afternoon. The rangers, um, were called. Uh oh. So the rangers listened to the story and they called the um the Yosemite Search and Rescue, whose head was Tom Setnicka. Sure. Right? Nothing to see there. So Tom is a a kind of new kind of park ranger that came about at this time. (laughs) Oh, really? Uh, They're like a mix of rock climbing, backcountry camping, scuba diving, and then like serious law enforcement. So they're kind of like... An action figure. Yeah. Kind of like an action figure. They're a little more fucking, you know, exploring. Yeah. They're called the Danger Rangers. Oh, nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trained in everything from reconnaissance and upper, undercover work to coroner's that's, duties. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's how is that not a TV show? Yeah. We've got so many fucking cop shows. What about the guy who climbs up El Capitan in a race? Also, how about guy? this?
0: How about a show about
1: protesters? How about a show about
0: people hating the government or people, uh, like, there's so many cop sh- like Like, I saw a preview for this cop there's, show. There's
1: a million cops.
0: But shows. I saw this preview for this one where it was just like, Future Cops. And they're just like, they have oh, great the, tasers. Oh,
1: no, the and, Uber of Cops? Yeah. yeah. the guy comes in and goes, I know we can catch this guy with my tiny weird robot. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. It's not futuristic and authoritarian and terrifying at
0: all. Yeah, like the attitude of like, let's celebrate these like amazing innovations to hurt us. It's like, that's, that's playing pretty well into all this, isn't it?
1: <laughs> my favorite is when they do different doctor shows. And uh-huh. at one time they just did... Doctors, but at night. Yeah, night doctors. night doctors. Holy (laughs) shit.
0: Also, wait. Saving lives in the
1: dark? Oh, man, there's lights on and stuff.
0: (laughs) While we're talking crazy Uh things that are on at night... I, I just don't understand the Harry Connick Jr. show. It's a daytime talk show no that idea. they put on at midnight. Like, no there's
1: something's off. Yep. Something's not working. <laughs> something's there.
0: not going well.
1: <laughs> but it's been happening for a while Look now. They made it, and he was like, So we're putting this on in the daytime, right? And they're like, yeah. No, we're going to put it on at You're midnight. Like, well, Harry, we were going to cancel it, but we put it on at midnight. And your ratings are great, but still, dude, morning stuff. It's fucking crazy. All right. So the Danger Rangers. Right. Uh, So uh, in Yosemite, they're the law, right? They're a Uh, little off? The law. Okay. Tim called the Air Force Rescue Coordination Center and asked if anyone had reported a missing plane. Okay. (laughs) He gave the number that Ron had seen on the wing and written down, and that number made everyone go bugfuck. Oh, boy. (laughs) There's that term. (laughs) Suddenly, four federal agencies were trying to get access to the crash. The National Transportation Safety Board, the uh, Federal Aviation Administration, the DEA, and the Customs were all in on it. Uh, Customs sent a Vietnam— is, is that
0: because of what his—that's not because of what his wife said. That's because they—
1: They already knew about him.
0: It's, but it is specifically correlated to him. It's the, Yeah, they know
1: this plane. They know that he's— Right, okay. Runner. So they're excited yeah. to get the white whale. Yeah, they okay, fucking right, want this okay. Customs sent a Vietnam-era Huey uh, to bring agents and rangers to the site. So they fly up there, and the debris trail of John's plane was three-quarters of a mile and ended right at Lower Merced Pass Lake. Okay. Not great. Nope. The lake was now covered in ice and a bit of snow. The plane was missing one wing and most of its tail, while the main body was in the lake. She'll still fly. She'll be all right. She'll play. No, we we'll we we'll just get her out of there and uh, hose her off or whatever. The key is to down. get her airborne, and then yeah. she'll then she then she'll be fine. You get her up, you just go ahead and hit the she'll engine, then fine. she'll take right off. So when the plane crashed, the lake was not frozen, right? Because this this the winter had started late that year; it's a drought year. Okay, uh, but in the months since, it had frozen over, and the plane was now entombed in ice. Okay. There were several burlap sacks along the shoreline. Some were ripped open, and pot was uh, spilling out. These beans taste weird. Holy shit, these are some frijoles, my friend. Whoa, dude, these beans are making me rethink everything. Yosemite's office of law enforcement was in charge of the investigation. Custom agents worked with them, gathering the bales of weed and piling it near the Huey landing site. Some of the bales were frozen into ice. They used chainsaws to cut them out. <laughs> wow. Uh, they were heavy, and the, the bales broke apart. They also cut a hole for a dive team to go into the lake. Wow. <clears throat> Quote, The water was murky because of the aviation and hydraulic fluids. Visibility was pretty minimal. When the plane went into the water, all these bits and pieces of aluminum broke off, and they floated to the surface. They got frozen in a place so now you had a couple feet of metal hanging down cuz the ice is a couple uh-huh. feet thick and then you had the stuff on the bottom as well. One diver said it was darker than the inside of a cow. Now, what? That's Who's he? That's a guy who's Don't quote him. Very specifically what? Has a feeling about darkness from the time his dad put him in a cow. You
0: gotta give a really weird statement for it to overshine what's
1: happening. Well, this guy had something bad happen to him on a farm. No,
0: this look—he
1: is confessing to having his head in a cow's ass, or just someone cut open a cow and crammed him in there and was like, <laughs> you will come out when you when you say you'll eat your spinach." How do you like
0: your Halloween costume, boy?
1: I know my Dad.
0: Yeah, you're going to win today, aren't you? So now,
1: anytime something happens, like, man, it's as dark as a cow. Hey, Tom, stop oh, doing what? that. Stop doing that. What? Stop saying the cow's thing. Oh, God, it's as dark shh, as a cow. Shh, shh, dude, 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 dude. Oh, it's as
0: wet as a cow Dude, here. dude, 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 it's not even wet in here.
1: Oh, it smells like you're inside of a cow. Oh, my God. Dad? <laughs> so the, driver, the divers went down, and, and they found more bales of weed and pulled it out. And then a commercial diver was brought in from Fresno because the, these guys couldn't get at the bodies, the Rangers. So they brought in like the most expert diver around. Okay. Bring this guy in, but he still was unable to get through the wreckage and get to the cockpit. And get okay. Out. So John and Jeff were left there. Overall, they found close to 2,000 pounds of marijuana and flew it out. <laughs> <laughs> Means there's a
0: lot out there. Yep. There's still four thousand pounds kicking in. <laughs> yeah, every kicking now and around. then, some dude's like, "What? What's going on?" I so, know somebody who was on a boat once and found a tremendous amount of marijuana floating. Florida? Yeah, yes, yeah, Florida.
1: Yeah. So when I my my uncle was a drug dealer and he moved to Florida and uh, and we used to go swimming on the beach and those little um, night light sticks like uh-huh. crack and turn into light. Yeah, those, those were sticks. all over the fucking beach because the drug dealers would drop their their drugs and then a guy would go out in a little boat and get it and they would see it by the little they drop a glow stick with glow it yeah. well wow. um, so uh, so they they took all the weed they took the two thousand pounds of weed and they put it in yosemite's jail
0: you're not going anywhere weed <laughs> we've got you now weed or wait. should i say a free holy eh? wait until you meet judge anderson
1: It was packed into a cell on the second floor and closed and they closed down one side of the jail. Quote, they came in like giant ice cubes with all that vegetable material and green leafy substance frozen over. Over time, the bell started to thaw and became runny. Just like if you take a package of spinach out of the freezer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well. Wow.
1: Yeah. Is this the same cow guy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, my home life's weird. Do you ever have runny spinach pie? It's like having your head in a rabbit.
1: The uh, So the cell started to fill up with leaky weed runoff. Okay. And the drain got clogged. Okay. Uh, so the floor of the cell is just filling up with...
0: Water. Weed juice. Weed juice. Yeah.
1: Weed juice. Um, so down directly below that cell, the Yosemite fireman had an office. And after a few days. Oh, boy. The fire chief stormed upstairs, angry, yelling that they had to do something about the pot. It was now dripping onto his dispatcher's desk. Oh, my God. <laughs> So the Rangers moved dozens of weed bales from the second story into a walk-in freezer in a nearby uh, warehouse. <laughs> now, put the lake. Why, why, are, why are they acting like this is so hard to... I think back then, they don't have, like, their... Couldn't they just... Isn't there a way to eliminate? Couldn't they just throw it on a fire? Oh, set on fire? I think you
0: need it for evidence. <laughs> what? You, what You're your fluid? Your Honor, we submit the smoothie.
1: No, but they need the pot for evidence. All right, I get you, but it's, it sounds like it's a pretty complicated process. It's not great, and they're not they're not they're not set up to deal with this. Yeah, well, they're not handling it well. So up with well, they're not set up to deal with it. Yeah, but weeds dripping on a desk. They're not. Yeah, I understand. Right, so look, it was a bad idea to put the weeds. Yes,
0: the oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, um, up at the lake, the federal agencies searched the area for an entire week. They determined a winter operation uh, to get the fuselage and uh, 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 bodies out was not going to work. Okay. Uh, And then a huge storm was on its way, so they pulled out. They figured the crash site would stay until spring when the area began to thaw. And then they could come back. Okay. Meanwhile, Pam had not heard anything from the DEA. And finally, after weeks, an agent called her and told her the news. Okay. She then called their lawyer, Jeffrey Steinborn. And Pam asked Jeffrey to find out for sure what had happened and if John was definitely dead. So Jeffrey headed to Yosemite, got a hotel room near the park, and started hanging around in bars and restaurants nearby, listening to people's conversations. (laughs) Did she find the shadiest dude
0: (laughs) and eavesdrop or get his contact info? Um,
1: So he's eavesdropping on a DEA pilot, and he learned the fuselage was still in the lake under ice, with bodies and weed in it. Wow. That is quite the conversation over here. Right? Yeah. Well, some of it he heard and some of it he pieced together. Still. I but mean, he to be like, oh, that's a DEA pilot. This worked out. Well, after three days, he learned enough and he headed back. But as he was leaving. After th- was he like just going to that same guy's conversation? Well, I think that, you know, these guys usually hang out in a, in a hot right. bar or whatever bar. Like, right. They go to the same bars. Right. There was an old serial killer in Santa Cruz who uh, was killing people and then he would just go to the cop bar bar and listen and talk to the cops and hang out with them and find out all about the case in which he was murdering people. That's pretty breaking bad right there. (laughs) Uh, So uh, he, uh, after three days, he uh, takes off. But as he's leaving, he saw a campfire burning with about a dozen people around it at a campground. So he stopped and headed over with a plan. Jeffrey walked up and lit a joint, and passed it around. And <laughs> good told, start. Uh, good start. Told the campfire story. Okay, a campfire story about a plane full of pot that had crashed. He would later say he had a quote romantic notion that someone should smoke that beautiful weed those guys were trying to bring back from Mexico. Wait, he, he went. Sorry, <laughs> he went to a fucking group of kids who were smoking pot. Right. And he told them about the plane crash and where it was, and then he left. Right,
0: with the about the weed. Yeah. So his okay, right. So his plan is to you know just be like, "There's a billion dollars in that lake, <laughs> but I gotta get moving."
1: <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's a pretty good plan, and it worked. Wow. Rumors of the pot plane <laughs> spread across Yosemite. Soon, many of Yosemite's <laughs> characters. <laughs> we're planning a cannibal
0: run with cannabis. <laughs> cannabis run.
1: There were about twenty climbers living in what was called Camp Four over the winter. Uh, a group named the Stone Masters were the kings. They were the legends of big wall climbing. Guys like John. Oh, I'm going to fuck up this name.
0: Well, you don't need to tell me the names. I know all the legends. Yeah, John. I mean, Blum, I have my Mount Rushmore. Obviously, it's controversial Jim, when you're talking about best climbers. Jim
1: Bridwell, amazing whatever. climber. They were considered the best wall climbers in the world. Many of the core group of the Stone Masters started their own version of climbing called free soloing, which meant climbing with no ropes. They spent years making ascents on walls uh, like El Capitan and a half dome. And for years, climbers lived in camp for both illegally and for uh, free. And by the time the stone masses arrived at Camp Four, the park rangers were trying to push the climbers out of the valley. So the climbers made their way deeper into the valley and started camping out in bear caves and <sighs> places that were out of bounds. So I'm out. They're uh, badass. They're people who live on the fringe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and probably could use a little money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, look, when you're sharing a home with a bear, <laughs> things <laughs> might be if better. I snuggle in
1: here.
0: Yeah. You know what's, I haven't been sleeping great. I think it's that there's bears where I'm sleeping. Hard um, to get that REM going. Rawr. Oh, there I am. I'm up.
1: So occasionally, Rangers would ask, uh, ask these guys for help with very difficult search and rescue operations. Uh, but for the most part, they're on the uh, you know, opposite sides. Magazines uh, wrote about these guys versus Sense. Uh, others in the campground, like 17-year-old Chuck Strader, were just green kids who had just arrived in Yosemite a few weeks earlier. Uh, Strader had left—is it Stater or Strader? It's just, it's I don't Strader. know. Strader left high school right when he passed the high school equivalency test. So here in uh, in uh, the states, you can you if you want to get out of high school early, early you can take a test to get out early. Right. So this kid did that. And he went straight to Yosemite with the goal of climbing El Capitan. But to do that, he needed gear. And gear was expensive. And if there was weed up on the mountain, that meant there was money up on the mountain. I mean, could that
0: sound more like one of those old country songs? It's weed up on the mountain.
1: (laughs) means there's money up there. Quote, everyone was going up. Everyone. Naturally, a couple of stone masters were the first guys to get to the crash site.
0: There's something great about stone masters seeking weed. Oh, it's uh,
1: outstanding. Like, they were double, they, it's like a double entendre. It's fucking. Beautiful. With their conditioning and knowledge of the area, the stone masters jogged up the dangerous trail with huge backpacks and came down unloading huge amounts of pot. They made this trip over and over and over again. Young Chuck Strader's parents were visiting him, but he told them he was going for a climb. Yeah. With two friends. Real high climb, too. Yeah. With two friends, he got a ride up into the backcountry, and the roads were, had opened early due to a lack of snow. Quote, I had a sleeping bag and a jacket. I was wearing tennis shoes. Well, he'll be he'll be fine. This is how unprepared for c- climbing this guy was. Like, he was in high school, and he's like, man, I want to climb mountains. And then he just went with fucking tennis shoes and jeans yeah. and shirt. Was like, why do we do this? You ever leave the house without a jacket? It's like the worst. (laughs) This guy's going to sleep on a mountain, and now he's going to fucking go up into the snow with tennis shoes on. (laughs) I mean, I guess the snow is melting. All right, still, they didn't bring any food because they were going to get in and out fast. uh, You mean the burgers? Burger? What hamburgers? In and out? Yeah, they're getting In and out fast. They're going. They're going. It's not
0: fast food. It's good food fast.
1: Okay. We're done talking. Thank you. Uh, As they uh, got close to the lake, they saw thrown away sleeping bags and old clothes along the shore because people had tossed their belongings to make room for more weed in their backpacks. Wow! There were tools people had used to get through the ice, sticks and poles, different pieces of wreckage, and an axe. There were a lot of holes cut in the ice. Strader and his friends made a campfire, then went out onto the lake and started hacking away. The ice was about three feet thick. When they finally broke through. (laughs) Oh, my God. Strader got some fuel line the rangers had left behind and bent it into an L shape. And then he stuck his arm into the frigid water. He could smell the stench of fuel in the lake. And he felt around until he felt something solid, but very heavy. Oh, dear. And so using that. Like he hooked it around the burlap sack.
0: Oh my god! Oh, it's a sa- okay.
1: And they pulled. Uh, oh, you thought it was gonna be a body? Yeah, I no, thought
0: it was gonna be like you're yeah, Rick. Re- okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry,
0: <laughs> it's not my name.
1: It you know whose name it is? <laughs> Who? the snail on Bob uh, SpongeBob. You've made that real clear. It's his pet dog. Can but we? It's a snail. Look, I got I got a heart they, out. The other day they went to get a new show. Like five minutes, and then I gotta go. They, so they they get the. F- <laughs> Fuel line around the wet burlap sack, and then uh, and then they all have to pull it because it's so heavy and it pulls. They got up. a big score. It slides up onto the ice. A marijuana leaf was stenciled on the side of the bag. What? what so what? That's insane. Yeah, they're beans.
0: <laughs> it says weed. It's weed. It's weed beans. Like yeah, you make that pretty easy. It's half weed, half beans. Yeah, on write, write beans on the weed. Just stick to it. <laughs>
1: So it was wrapped with layers of plastic, but still wet with the fuel soaked water. Ugh. The three what dudes. Good is, what
0: good is that going to be?
1: Well, the three dudes, right? Strader and his two friends, uh, they divided up evenly. The amount they were each taking would be a felony if they were caught. Okay. Quote, we were pretty scared. We got the hell out of there. We just carried it out wet. Uh, another group was walking in. How eight. was your
0: hike? <laughs> another. <laughs> What? There's a lot of green fuel coming out of your back. Oh, right that's nothing. Your back.
1: That's just a thing. It looks know. like
0: spinach. There, yeah, there's lots. Oh, sp- my God. It smells like skunky fuel spinach.
1: But it's it's that's what it is. There's a lot of spinach. What is this? Is this marijuana? No, it's spinach. Oh, okay. There's a lot of spinach up there. He loves
0: salads. He's a health nut.
1: So as they were packing up and getting ready to leave, another group walked in. And one of them, one of the people that came in, had a big breaker bar that he'd stolen. So you know, breaker bar is no like it's just like a big rod kind of thing. Okay. Um, and they watched as the guy stabbed the ice over and over again, trying to <laughs> trying to break through. And when he finally did, the uh, breaker bar just slid out of his, hand, his hands and disappeared into the lake. Oh man! Which just left a very small useless hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Boy, that's not a story that, <laughs> that guy tells his grandkids.
1: <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, he's like, down. And as they hiked out, the guy had switched to the axe and was hacking away.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, it would just be amazing if the axe dropped down. <laughs> God damn it.
1: Just can't catch a break. Uh, as they hiked out, wet weed water dripped down the back of their leg. <laughs> it did. When night came, so did the cold, and icicles farmed on the backpacks. They hiked all the way down to the campground. Strader stashed the pot and then went to visit his parents. Hey, Mom. Now, by April, Yosemite was flooded with weed. It was being called airplane weed or crash buds.
0: Oh, come on, crash buds. If we have an election, crash buds (laughs)
1: in a landslide. (laughs) because it was laced with traces of aviation fuel it sometimes sparked and crackled when smoked oh my god so, what don't so this is gonna this is gonna this is gonna be surprising but smoking it was very harsh yeah I bet I dude there's smoking fuel fuel smoking so, fuel pot yeah fuel pot oh man well <laughs> this really gets you hot. some of that's not going down too good oh God. So, Strader knew that to sell it at this point, because there's so much weed in the park, to sell it, they had to take it out of the park and sell it to someone. Okay. Because <laughs> the park is flooded. Yeah, but... So so, they going to sell fuel weed. Fuel, yeah. So, he borrows a VW Bug. Of course. And they load the trunk with pot. Okay. So, in a bug, the trunk is in the front. Yep. The trunk filled up, and then they put the rest in the back seat. Ugh. Okay. There's nowhere else to put it in a bug. I know, but... I mean, that's that's flawed planning. Yeah, and they headed for L.A., where one of them knew a uh, dealer. But they just got past the Yosemite border when they got a flat. They drove slowly to a gas station where an attendant came up to help them. No, no, no! No, 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 we're good, sir! They said he literally walked up and jumped backwards when he smelled the car. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So they finally got to L.A. after midnight and waited for the dealer who was supposed to meet him at a certain time. And he never came. That's
0: very unlike weed drug, dealers I in know, my experience. Right? That, yeah.
1: yeah. So they just grabbed their sleeping bags and slept where they were in some bushes. <laughs> at, at what point does somebody go, this is not going well? I feel like the 70s were different. They are different. All right. Well, let's sleep in that bush. So when Strader woke up, there were children standing over him, looking down because they had f- fallen asleep on the edge of a school playground. Oh my god! With is is this train spotting
0: with a car full
1: of pot? Yeah. Like like pot like it seems like the pot is like sticking out of the fucking edge. Yeah, of the and everyone <laughs> smells
0: it, skunky weed, and three idiots are sleeping near it.
1: So they still it's still wet. So. <laughs> I love that they were going to sell wet fuel-soaked pot Honestly, to a drug dealer. There's, let it dry. <laughs> so they spent that day trying to find the drug dealer and just ended up renting a, a motel room. This is going really well. There, they put the soggy weed on a tarp and put it under heat lamps. Better. On the third day, house cleaning knocked on the door. Strader opened it. With the chain on. Oh, that'll,
0: that'll, that'll keep all the smell out. Well, he it's tol- the chain.
1: He told her to leave, but when he turned around, he discovered that one of his friends was holding a gun. It turned out that that guy was AWOL from the Army. Oh, boy. So at this point, Strader just wanted out. He didn't care about the money, but he's still stuck with these guys because he doesn't have any cash. Right. Wow. So he talked them into leaving L.A., and they drove to the desert where they put the weed on some rocks to dry. After it was dry, they went to the San Francisco... They're like making jerky pot. <laughs> After it was dry, they went to the San Francisco Bay Area, where they found someone to buy some of the pot. <laughs> Strader used his portion to buy a Greyhound ticket to Sacramento, where he gave the rest of his pot to a high school friend. He just wanted it to be over with. But the friend said he would sell it and give him some. Okay. Of the cash. Oh, but I, that, that must have been a great Greyhound trip.
0: Uh, I mean, Greyhounds are like... Never enjoyable? Yeah. But that one, you're probably like, okay, as long as I'm away from the VW bush sleeping near the school weed business. Okay, but the other people... Oh, no housekeeping, thank you. We're trying to get the hell out of here. You're like, oh, God.
1: (laughs) But the other people are having more success. By Easter weekend, word of the weed bonanza in Yosemite had spread all over the state. People were coming, packed in cars, from all over to find their own bale of pot. Climbers started leaving huge tips for waiters at the (sighs) Yosemite Park Hotel. Finally, the guy who had originally found the plane, Ron Haskins, decided it was his turn. Okay. Quote, so, after work one day, I took a backpack with nothing but a little sleeping bag and a little food in it, an ice axe and some plastic bags. We hiked up there in the middle of the night. When we got there, over 20 people were mining the small lake for weed. They were getting more inventive because the bales were becoming harder to find. Ugh. I'm not, I hope I know I say this guy's name right. Vern Clevenger, who is today a known climber and a photographer, said, quote, we had heard there wasn't a lot of dope sitting on top of the lake anymore. My girlfriend's father was head of a, a road crew, so we stole his chainsaw and carried it up there. We took turns sawing through the ice. That's how we got a lot of marijuana from the lake says it wasn't just park people anymore who all sort of had the same ideals and lifestyle, right? Things were getting a little bit tense. Clevenger said, quote, by then there were a lot of shitty people up there, (laughs) drug dealers, low life types from the Central Valley. Some guy came over and started to take our stuff. And one of my friends, who was a real hard ass, held his saw out about three inches from the guy's neck. And he was saying, I'm going to fuck. I'm going to fuck with you. Don't come any closer. So that was the end of that with that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that it like you know that is such a uh that just shows you how we still are animals. Like that is such yeah. a denatured documentary moment <laughs> of like trying to become the dominant one and then just getting like tusked.
1: Here is a, uh, a young predator. Hey, man, what do you he, got over there? He is, uh, as you can see, he's taking some of the supplies. Man, let me take the, some of that stuff. The larger, more let wily th- animal. Get out
0: of here, man. And
1: out comes the saw. They're I'll horses. fuck
0: with you, man. There I are. will fuck with
1: you, man. There are the words. Get out of here. And off he goes into the forest. <sighs> uh, so, but uh, Clevenger said at, at that point they had too much pot to carry out anyway. Okay. And the oh. rangers started to hear rumors about what was going on. Uh, Tim was hearing stuff from climbers he was friends with. Park Road crews were reporting a very strange amount of high traffic near Mono Lake Trail. Yeah. The commercial, just hilarious, just way up on this mountain road, there's a huge traffic jam. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on up there? It's basically like what happened with Waze. (laughs) are just like, wait, what? Uh, uh, The commercial driver who had gone into the lake to look for the bodies way back when uh, for the Rangers, called and told the Rangers there had been a a rush on his rental equipment by kids looking to dive in Yosemite.
0: Wow, this <laughs> I mean this is the Green Rush.
1: <laughs> what well, I believe it was called, I believe they called it the Weed the Weed Rush or something like that. Well,
0: I've I've already beaten it. Okay, well.
1: So now climbers who just weeks before, uh, who were known to dive in dumpsters for food, were buying used cars and new climbing equipment. Oh, the good Lord. Suddenly, suddenly everyone in Camp 4 had uh, nice climbing equipment. Strader used his money to buy his first climbing rack, which he used to climb El Capitan four times in 1977.
0: (laughs) That's pretty great.
1: Yeah. On April 13th, which would become known as Big Wednesday in the park... Six armed rangers flew into Lower Merced Pass on a Huey helicopter. (laughs) And when they came over... Right on time, by the way. Yeah. Didn't take too long. When they came over the ridge, they said, quote, it was like seeing ants scattering. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, the people up there had created this infrastructure. Oh, my God. They've become like a splinter town. (laughs) They've now like become a village. <laughs> it's a guy with a saloon set yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Quote The people up there had created this infrastructure kind of like the Viet Cong put in some areas of Vietnam makeshift housing and tents, fire pits, and all sorts of tarps. Seriously? They picked up digging equipment wherever they could. It was really caveman technology. Oh, man. The Park Service was embarrassed by what had occurred. Quote, we underestimated the entrepreneurial spirit of certain members of the community.
0: Yeah, that is. How, I mean, could you have it more diplomatic than that? We underestimated some Uh, of the (laughs) We didn't know we had a bunch of businessmen
1: out here. We didn't know everyone was insane. Rangers were posted along the trails leaning away from the lake uh, to catch people who were escaping. Oh, my gosh. But Vern Clevenger and one of his friends were the only two people who were arrested. The arrest was later nullified due to a due process violation. So no one was ever convicted great. Uh, in their their involvement in what was now known as Dope Lake. <laughs> After that, two rangers were given supplies and sent to guard the lake. They lived in a tent for 17 days. Wow. They rigged tripwires to cans and kept pistols ready at all times. Jeez. So you can't even, like, you can't you play it off as like, oh, I'm lost on a hike? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, called, <clears throat> they caught around six parties who were headed up to the lake. <laughs> uh, they, none of these parties were from Yosemite, and word had leaked out all over the state about the pot, but not the bust at this point. So for two months, rangers rotated in to keep watch over Dope Lake. People kept coming, often not at all prepared for the conditions and hike at high altitudes. One group got lost for a week without enough food before they finally stumbled across a trail crew. Oh, man. In mid-June, the lake thawed enough for the plane to be salvaged. Jeff Nelson's body just floated to the surface as they were working. John Glisky's body was strapped to the cockpit <clears throat> just as Pam saw in her dream. Wow. Pam laid low for a long time because she had cooperated with the DEA. She never ID would John's body when it was found because she thought it'd be too traumatic. So this left her with this small, weird sense of hope that he was still alive. That's sad. she was finally showed a photo of her husband's body from the lake salvage operation 30 years later. And she broke down and cried. She still thinks the cause of the accident was uh, not investigated. It was called an accident by the government, but because of the strange circumstances of the wreck and John's suspicions, she questions whether it was an accident.
0: Uh, But the government told her that it wasn't. Right. No, you're right. Trust
1: them. Right. Why would you ever not trust the government? Trust them. Uh, In the end, because of the crash, many climbers got to push the limits of their sport. Some climbers saved their pot money, John uh, Bashar Maybe Who is now A famous Solo climber Was said to have Used cash From his haul To help fund A successful Climbing gear company The first guy Who stumbled upon The crash Ron Likens Paid for two years Of college With the pot money So great Vern Clevenger Bought his first Nikon camera And is now An acclaimed Nature photographer Like
0: listen to What came out of this I know It's great Listen to the what, Like It's great Yeah <laughs> Other climbers. He's the te- it sort of, in a way, tells you the mentality of, like, the, all those things. I'm, look, I'm sure some people, like, you know, uh, you know went to the strip club or something like that. But, <laughs> but you know, they they
1: use this to benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because of the weed. Other climbers funded climbing trips to France and Asia. Some managed to grab enough pot that they sold it for over $20,000 in 1977. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't that fucking That's nuts?
0: crazy. Yeah. Why are there things like... That is just insane.
1: I, I can't believe... It's, it's one of those things where you think... So you think that... So there are people... It's, if you take a tour of Yosemite, does anyone tell you that? I'm sure there's stories about okay. it, yeah. But if you... It's one of the stories where if you think about... So you think about these people living on the fringe of society because they're not going to be businessmen and they're always going to exist. But it turns out if you give them a, a means and a way to to be able to afford something, that then they actually become successful. So people who are living on the edge of criminality when given a windfall of money became... A famous photographer, famous mountain climbers, businessmen with gear uh went to college, like all these different things, so it's interesting when you give people opportunity instead of starving them, well you it, also maybe something
0: good comes out, yeah, of and also like there are uh there's a lot of successful people who have sold weed, oh my god, you know are you kidding? and and you're and you t- you're think about at one. <laughs> and you think, yeah and, <laughs> and you think about um if you get caught for having weed to distribute in America... That it, ruins you, your life. It completely ruins your life. You can get a life sentence. Yeah. You know. In a, in a country where it's legal in some places, you could still get a life sentence for having... Right. Not a crazy amount of it. Right. ruin okay. lives. Anyway, want to smoke a joint?
1: <laughs> You're screaming. Oh. Yeah. I didn't so, realize that. Yeah. Um, we sell pot... We... Sign pot plants. Sign, do we sell pot? We sell. We don't sell pot. We I don't, I don't think pot. I'm going to be
0: even. Uh, we don't on sell pot. Yeah. We, <laughs>
1: sign, uh, we sign. We uh, sign pot plants. And
0: Thank you. We sign uh, cats. Yeah. Last, Last ones and seals. Okay. God. Damn it. Hey there, people listening to the Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this is the same guy. I listen. I have a new podcast called "We're Here to Help" that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow September 13th, London September 15th, Uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there.